Worried that you don't fit the traditional mold for a medical student? You can learn how to take advantage of that distinction at AMSA's Pre-Med Fest in Florida on January 30th. Early bird registration closes soon. For more information, visit amsapremedfest.org. Medical school admissions isn't just about GPA and MCAT scores anymore. Pre-medical students have to explain how and why medicine is a good fit for them, and vice versa. But how do they convey that in their application? Welcome to AMSA AdLib. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. Joining us here is Dr. Gary Rose. He's the author of The Medical School Coach. As a former chairman of the admissions committee of the regional campus of the University of Miami School of Medicine in Boca Raton, Florida, and as a longtime member of the admissions committee of the Charles E. Schmidt College of Medicine in Boca Raton, Dr. Rose has evaluated and interviewed hundreds of medical school applicants. He recognizes the skills, characteristics, and attitudes expected of a successful med school applicant. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Rose. Uh, thank you for, for inviting me. I'm very excited about talking with you about all the great things we can do for our future doctors in the United States. Dr. Rose is currently the co-director of the new post bac program at the College of Medicine of Florida Atlantic University. He is an associate professor of microbiology and clinical biomedical science at the Charles E. Schmidt College of Medicine in Boca Raton. He is a graduate of the George Washington University and the George Washington University School of Medicine. Board certified in otolaryngology and plastic surgery, Rose is the author of numerous medical and surgical peer-reviewed articles and textbook chapters. He is currently writing his next book. So my first question for you here today is how are medical school admissions changing from an applicant's perspective? The buzzword today is called, well buzzwords, the holistic application. No longer is it just based on a raw GPA and raw MCAT score, but it's looking at the medical school applicant in his or her entirety. What else are they bringing with them? What are they bringing to the table? Great. And do you believe that pre-medical students are aware of that shift and are they focusing on the right areas? Well, the ones who are not narrowly focused the ones who are not being fed the old line are certainly aware of this. I've attended quite a few um, conferences around the state and the country where different consortiums of schools have gotten together and have, uh, have been teaching the pre-med advisors about the holistic approach. There are many pockets in the states that are still old school where they just look at GPA and MCATs and hopefully there's a few other things on board. So the pre-med student who is already living a holistic life or has the attributes that we're looking for on our admissions committee and all admissions committees is aware of this. But too many of them are just worrying about grades, worrying about their next exam, and worrying about the MCAT. And they're missing the whole point of what makes them a better applicant. And do you have any thoughts on how they can dive in and focus on the right areas? Well. First and foremost, and I, I don't mean to be self-promoting, uh, but they should read my book, <clears throat> The Medical School Coach, and it is on Amazon. And in here I discuss in detail all the intangibles that today's up-and-coming pre-med students should be aware of and become very involved in. But a good pre-med advisor at our multiple nations, uh, colleges and universities should also be able to guide them 
and um, asking questions, listening to a podcast like this, and we'll go into some of the details of what these attributes are. Attending conferences such as PreMedFest at the end of January and the national meeting uh, that's later in the year in Washington. Uh, these are the type of activities that pre-med students become aware. Also, on our campus here at Florida Atlantic University, we have a very active AMSA, and they have regular meetings, um, inform informative meetings, uh, meetings where they bring in guest speakers to talk about the different aspects to enhance one's education, as well as one's cachet or collection of activities for application. Uh, mock interviews, how to write a letter of recommendation, who to pick for a letter of recommendation, many activities like this. And it's important for today's pre-med applicant to understand thoroughly how to go through this process. So you mentioned your recent book, and one of the things is about how developing a personal mission is important. So does part of that that you discussed mean developing your personal mission and uh, yes. why is that important? All right. Well, making it very simple. When we look at the uh, medical school application, the primary application for AAMC, there are many sections that a student is required to fill out. Not only just required, but the student should want to fill out. And in there, there's an area that talks about activities. And I'm not talking about the narrative. That We'll go into that a little later. But activities. To just say, um, for instance, when we look at these activities lists on the admissions committees, we're trying to, to decipher who the student is. And maybe another way to say that is, what is their mission? Some students just, their missions get into medical school, no prisoners taken, no holds barred. They're the gunners, and we see them throughout pre-med, and a lot of them, when they enter medical school, they're gunners, and eventually that mentality is dissolved. There's no reason to be a gunner anymore. Uh, and it's old school. It's do the best at all costs, get the highest points, the highest grades. Once you get into medical school, you're entering a brotherhood or a sisterhood, a family, where we all try to help each other. We're a team. We're not individuals fighting against each other. We're a team working together, ultimately, to be the best doctors we can, to be giving the best health care we possibly can in the whole world. So when a medical pre-med student is filling out an application, what they're really trying to convey to a medical school admissions committee is, this is who I am. This is why I'm here. This is my raison d'etre, which is French, for my reason for being. This is what I have done. And by creating their own mission, they can then work with that mission. I'll go over some of those missions in a moment. But once they create that mission, they can then base their entire activities and narrative and all the rest of the application to portray them in the best possible light to an admissions committee. Now, coincidentally, or really not coincidentally, these are the very attributes that we want to see in a fully developed, excellent human being, which is also the same characteristics that make the very best of doctors. 
So I bet you're going to ask me, well, what kind of missions are you referring to? Is that what you can ask next? <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. Well, some students apply, and the theme of their application is all of the volunteer work they have done. Now, why is that important? Well, volunteer work shows an admissions committee that this applicant truly displays altruism, self-sacrifice, love for their other human beings, and willing to do whatever it takes to allay the suffering and disease of others, like a doctor. But how do you do that? I mean, just going out and distributing boxes of candy during Halloween doesn't do that. So you want to be able to craft through that mission, your mission of volunteerism, a series of activities that clearly, absolutely, without question, demonstrate this is your main goal. So one might do medical mission work or humanitarian mission work. It doesn't matter as long as it's consistent. Uh, here in Florida, we have Camp Boggy Creek. And a lot of the students will spend a few weeks during the summer and during the holidays working at Boggy Creek. And it's a, it's a camp, and they have these all over the country, different names, uh, different states, but where students are immersed with campers who each week have a different theme disease. Maybe one week it is children with um, mental debilities, cognitive deficiencies. Another week it might be all the, student, the, the campers have cystic fibrosis and other pulmonary diseases. Or another session they might have cardiovascular and congenital anomalies. So this is real hands-on, in the trenches, getting dirty, being there with these kids 24-7. I mean, it's a beautiful thing to do. Or another very wonderful activity that very successful pre-med applicants uh, partake in is medical missions. They'll go for a week, two weeks, a month to Peru, Nicaragua, the Philippines, Mali, um, Africa, other places in Africa besides Mali. And they will go for weeks at a time under medical supervision. And there they display all of the attributes we're looking for. They're in the trenches, sleeping in tents or in huts or whatever facility there is. So that is one area. Now, humanitarianism. How about students going to Haiti right after the earthquake to distribute food, water, tents, clothing? It's a wonderful activity. Or going to um, maybe New Jersey right after <laughs> Superstorm Sandy and helping there delivering water. So that is a, a volunteer mission. There might be a research mission. Some student, every student loves to put on their application under activities research. Well, all of you students listening to this podcast right now, being a lab rat is not the same as doing research. So if you're in a lab now, cleaning test tubes, running PCRs, counting um, how many flies there are in a sample or looking at knockout mice and just quantifying uh, whatever trait you're looking for, that's not research. 
The research that we love to see is student generated, where a student will ask a question, any question, it doesn't matter what the question is, and then seek a way to solve that, answer that question. Very simple design, but it's actually their research. Now that's hard to do, and it takes time, but that's exactly the kind of student we're looking for for medical school admissions. And to give an example, I was lecturing to a bunch of doctors uh, last week, and they were asking, well, what kind of research do you mean, Dr. Rose? I said, well, for instance, every year we hold this meeting, and every year here in South Florida, it's either extremely windy or it's very rainy with high winds. Did you ever ask yourself why? That would be a question. And then you would go out and try to figure that out. You'd look at weather charts. Uh, you'd look at um, air pressure gradients. You would look at the changing seasons and the time of day, the tides, the currents, and put together a picture. And then realize that late November, early December is when the El Nino just starts up, or the La Nina in different years. So it's easy to pick a question and do it. So that's a research mission. And then lastly, a very important mission, and by the way, it's good to combine all three, but have one that's more defined than the others, is patient contact. You know, students say, oh, I want to go to medical student school because I want to be a doctor. Well, why do you want to be a doctor? And we're going to go into that in a moment, uh, Christine. Mm -hmm. But being a doctor, you have to understand what being a doctor is. And as a pre-med student, you need to spend time with doctors not a week with a dermatologist or a week with a plastic surgeon or a week with a cardiologist or a radiologist, but weeks and months and have lots of patient contact experience. That way, one finds out, is this truly what they want to do? Is this for me? And fortunately, the ones who realize it's not for them get out, so they're not going to medical school and spending so much time, effort, and energy for something they don't have a true passion or calling for. So again, the volunteerism, you can have patient contact experience, shadowing doctors, but really being with them, going into the operating room, medical missions, or how about going to the local hospice and dealing with end-of-life decisions, or going over to the local uh, oncology clinic or pediatric hospital. Every city has one. Most big towns are feeders to university centers that have one. I encourage every student to spend a few hours a week, week after week, month after month, spending time with patient contact experience. One, to find themselves. Two, to see if this is really their calling. And then three, to demonstrate through their mission that they are truly passionate about being a doctor. So those are three examples and sub-examples of what this mission is all about. All right, great. Thank you so much for going over those. Is there anything that you feel is important to share? Two big things. One, this is going to stop a lot of people in their tracks. <laughs> and then I'll follow it up with the last thing. I want everybody, I request of everybody, as I do of every student I've ever reached out to and taught, I want everyone to stop studying for exams. Yep, you heard me right. Everyone listening. Please stop studying as of today, as of right this second, 
please stop studying for exams. If you take nothing home from this podcast other than stop studying for exams, then you have learned something very important. So you're either going, what? Or you're scratching your head or saying, this guy's nuts. Or what's going on here? All right. Let me rephrase it. How about you never know what you have to know, when you have to know it, why you have to know it, when you're going to need it, for who you're going to know it, and what will the circumstances be? As a doctor, every day, every moment, every second, you are challenged with new problems. And you never know what they're going to be. You never know when, how, why, or where. So when you are in class or in your dorm room or in your apartment or at home or traveling, stop studying for exams. Because once you take the test, you forget everything. You need to study for your future patients. And you never know what little kernel of knowledge, what nugget, what pearl, what seemingly unimportant fact is going to be the very exact thing you need to know five years from now or ten years from now. And you know what? When you stop studying for exams and you study to learn, yeah, to learn, then the exams are easy. Because you know the stuff. You own it. It's yours. So stop studying for exams. I hope that reached you. What do you think, Christine? Yeah, that was pretty great. Uh, I'd say that's some valuable advice. Shocking. <laughs> shocking to hear <laughs> at first. All right. Now, the last thing that I'd like to bring up, and it's the very first thing I bring up when I lecture to students, when I'm at conferences, and it's the very first chapter of my book. And every single student will be faced with this pre-med applicant when they go before an admissions committee on your interview. There's a question that I've been asked literally, well, maybe not quite literally, but almost every single day of my life. And that is, why do you want to be a doctor? You have to be able to answer that question. <laughs> Sometimes I'll ask that in an interview, and, and the applicant looks at me like, what? <laughs> what do you mean, why do I want to be a doctor? You have to be able to define that. And to say, I want to help people, well, the grocery clerk is helping people, and you can be a grocery clerk. Or saying, I want to help people in their moment of need when they're sick and not feeling well, well, I'll tell you, it's, you can save yourself a lot of schooling, save yourself a lot of money and debt, and a lot of hours of your life, become a plumber. Because I'll tell you what, when I have a stomach ache, and my toilet breaks down, and it's the middle of the night, and I'm sick, I'm not feeling well, I'm going to call you to help me. <laughs> and you'll come over, you'll fix it, you'll charge me hundreds of dollars, and you don't have malpractice insurance, you don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt on student loans, and you don't have to worry about being sued. And then the next day when my toilet's still broken, and I still feel really sick, and you're helping me, you come back and you charge me again. So, to help people in their moment of need when they're feeling sick, you can be a plumber. And I'm not putting plumbers down, because I'll tell you what, I studied plumbing. I love it. It's a lot of fun. It's very much like the cardiovascular system. But I'll give you a hint. 
today medicine is not about the king, the doctor. It's not about the emperor, the doctor. Medicine is a team activity. Many different healthcare workers together, working as a team, to give the very best medical care possible to our patients. The doctor is one who is willing to say the buck stops here, like Harry Truman taught us back in the 1940s, before I was born. But the doctor is the one who's saying, huh, I will make the important decisions. I will make the final decisions. But more importantly that, because many nurses, PAs, uh, RNs can say the same thing, but the doctor ultimately, when you say, I want to be a doctor, I'm going to be a doctor, you're saying, I ultimately am going to accept the responsibility of the health care or health care management of my patients. That is what's being a doctor. Awesome. I think that that's a really great thing for uh, future physicians and also practicing physicians to be keeping in mind uh, as they're going throughout their training. So I think that was a great point. All right. Well, thank you. It was really a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, it was so great. Thank you for joining us. I hope that all the young men and women who listen to this will take it to heart. Yeah, absolutely. If you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe to AMSA AdLib through iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And if you've enjoyed the show, please give us a rating in the iTunes store. AMSA AdLib is brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson and myself with help from Carol Clark. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Deborah Hall is AMSA's national president. Let us know what topics you'd like to hear covered on AMSA AdLib. Email us at adlib at amsa.org. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. AMSA Pre-Med Fest will not look, feel, or sound like any other pre-med conference, because it is not a conference. Join us in Plant City, Florida on January 30th and spend time with Patch Adams, our Master of Ceremonies, as he helps you discover the thrill of helping others. Early bird registration closes January 10th. For more information, visit amsapremedfest.org.